Thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. So pumped and excited and elated to be able to bring you this guest today. Darren, our first question is always, who are you? Wow, what a deep, deep question. Um, well, I am, um, first of all, I'm a Christian. I love God. I love Jesus. No hiding that. Um, yeah, I'm a father. Uh, I'm a father of three beautiful boys, um, husband to wife, Marie. And um, yeah, actually, they're out, my boys are out in the backyard right now. Um, goofing around with the hose. So hopefully we won't be picking up too much of that background noise, but um, just being a dad, being a husband, such a joy. Um, it, from, a, from a business standpoint, I've got a, a publishing media company. We specialize in book publishing primarily and authors need websites and audiobooks and social media, podcasts, things like that. So um, we we offer uh, a whole suite of services with the goal of helping them to uh, get their get their ideas out to the world. Highbridge books and media. And um, years ago, I was living in New York City in Upper Manhattan, and there's a, a bridge. It's the oldest bridge in all of New York City, and it connects Manhattan to the Bronx or, or vice versa. And it was built back in the 1800s as an aqueduct to bring water into the city. And um, I was just out praying one day. And I, I really sensed God saying to me that this company was going to be like an aqueduct to bring life-giving messages to people. And, um, and that's what's been happening over the last um, seven, eight years that I've been helping authors and thought leaders full-time uh, get their message out to the world. And I think we had an internet lag when you said the name of the company. You said Highbridge, right? Can you repeat that again? Yeah. Highbridge Books and Media, as in not low, but high bridge that you that you walk over. Not hybrid. Sometimes people think that's what it is, but no, it's Highbridge, like the Highbridge in New York City. Awesome. Well, thank you. So, and then, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking that I, I, Retained you for one podcast, but I get uh, four of you with the with the boys in the backyard. So yes, um, I think it's kind of part of this COVID world that we live in, and is a reality of many of our situations in in uh, working from home and, and parenting at the same time. So I think everyone that listens to the podcast, if they hear that, should be able to have the mercy and grace to understand. Just where we are all at uh, in our own lives and walk for 2020 and 2021. So, Darren, um, yeah, just really excited to dive into your experience too. Can you tell us how you got to the leadership position that you're in today? Yeah. Um, so i I started back when I was in seminary at Regent University. I was editing doctoral dissertations and working in the the academic Writing Center. They found out that I had a, a English degree, and so 
uh, they they put me to work while I was in in seminary. They're working in the writing center, coaching students on their their writing, and um, people were coming to me for editing services. and And so one thing led to the next, and I and I, I got a business editing dissertations. Why don't I see what I can do to help um, help authors with book publishing? Mm-hmm. And so pretty soon I was editing books publishing books. And so since then, we've published um, around 110 books in the last um, seven, eight years. And we've got a team of three employees and uh, uh, army of contractors, small, small, small army, I should say, of contractors and um, just some amazing people um, that I get to work with every day. And so with this whole COVID thing, um, every, so much is going virtual, and I've been pretty much virtual since day one. Um, left left Houston, where my uh, chief operating officer is, to move out to the Smoky Mountains in the middle of all this craziness, and we haven't skipped a beat just because everything has just been handled um, over the internet. It's pretty amazing times and convenient times that we live in. So I think, you know, one of the things that I love about the fully remote is just like you can expand your workforce in so many different creative ways that I never thought would be possible. And and a lot of employees, you know, being in a management consultant for executive search, I'm literally hiring not only for myself, but across the country for, for different clients. And it's been kind of the same trending with that too, especially as as they make certain positions fully remote. But I think one of the things that has been kind of hard for me as an operations person is that like, you know, we can do all of our meetings, but some of the stuff that you can't do are like the birthday parties and the pizza parties and and movies or whatever it may be that you, your organization is doing to really connect with people. Have you found some creative ways to, to work around that? Um, I'll be honest with you that um, kind of party time is not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, if, if I come into a company, like being the chief fun officer is not probably not going to be my job title, but, um, but, you know, we do have zoom meetings and, you know, I'm glad you asked that question because it's challenging me to think more about, what can we do to make things more fun? Um, but yeah, that's uh, they're frankly they're probably not the funnest um, Zoom meetings. It's probably about what you would expect, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your uh, you know uh, brutal candor as well. And and you're right that I'm probably this in the exact same way that. If I was hired for a large organization, I would definitely not be the chief uh, fun officer either. That's my wife. <laughs> and um, um, so, so yeah. Uh, well, thank you for, for sharing in that. Yeah. I mean, before I left Houston, like we would have, you know, like crazy Christmas costume type uh, type parties and stuff like that. But um, it, it definitely is is different when everything is is virtual. So. I probably need to, if you have a good episode 
on that, um, I, I would love to take a listen to it to see how, what what can be done to just make things more fun. I mean, like they're doing, they've done a lot of church online, and I've, I've seen some of the innovation that has come through with that. Like with our with our boys, like how do you do children's church over the internet? And um, so we've had them watching. And, and my wife and I have been watching it too. Um, Elevation Church, they have this amazing kids ministry. It's like the 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 production quality is is first class. But so they didn't just say, oh no, like we can't get kids to come. I guess we'll just wait until all this blows over. But no, they put together it's just world-class programs. So um certainly not a not an excuse to be made for just letting things be be bland but um just look into those great examples that we have yeah i've not that you're actually the first person i've asked that question so i should have been like spoiler alert like you know darren has no idea that this is coming but uh the one of my clients is the head of hr for one of the largest hospitals in in your state in north carolina and she actually has them has the group do they have daily huddles, and then on Fridays they apparently do like dance offs. So, so I think that's been the most creative thing that I've actually heard of, of companies being able to do. And yeah, for ourselves, we kind of similar to yourself that uh, usually that usually if it's not actual work and we're doing things beyond that, it oftentimes can be like prayer before different meetings and stuff like that. But you know, yeah. beyond that, I guess I've, I I could also do a lot of great work towards working towards making some of our staff meetings a little bit more fun and being intentional about that. Yeah. And I should say that we do pray in our meetings and, you know, we talk about life. We talk about what's going on on a, you know, on a personal level, not, not just what's happening with, with clients and and things like that. I mean, I think that's, uh, that should be uh, a, a pretty decent, uh, chunk of a of a meeting to find out how people are doing like to celebrate good news not just as it relates to the company but um as it relates to just their their personal lives so that's that's something that definitely is a priority but as far as doing like dance-offs and i don't know my it's i'm not a big fan of meetings to begin with like i'm more of like let's Let's get back to business, but um, I think there's definitely a need for spicing things up like that. Yeah, sorry, I, I wasn't listening to your response. I was too focused on my next question and and don't care about people interpersonally. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 yes, and and you know, I think that's a big part of of the Christian walk, right? Is recognizing that we're all brothers and sisters. And so picking people up when you, you notice that they are struggling or just being present to be able to, regardless of where they're at, to be, to be with them in that walk. So love you sharing that too. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is that you are also ex-military, correct? Because yeah. you picked up post-military. So I wanted to dive a little bit into that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was, a. Uh, captain in the air, or at least I should say I got out of the Air Force as a captain. Um, wasn't a captain the whole time. Um, but yeah, from 2004 to 2008, actually on 9-11, uh, 2001, when I saw what happened to the 
World Trade Towers, I went down to the Commandant of Cadets office there at Charleston Southern University, where I was an English major. And um, I said, sir, I want to join the Air Force. And so I happened to be at one of only two Air Force ROTC programs that had a two-year program in the whole country. Uh, and I was at one of those one of those schools. And so I was able to start up the following year, my junior year, and um, came out as a as an officer when I graduated in 04. And yeah, I just had a really amazing, fulfilling time serving in the military and spent about six months in Kuwait, responsible for all of the Air Force's cargo that was coming in to Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Really, well, the majority of the Middle East by ship. So I'm just coordinating those convoys and airlift and getting all of that cargo where it needed to go once it came into the ports. So I know that uh, in your bio, it says that you had received a medal for your service in Kuwait. Was that what it was for? Yeah, we um, we did a great job. My team, um, when we were there, uh, we, we came in the the reputation of the the outgoing officer in charge and and that whole operation was had been really really tarnished um, and so we had some rebuilding to do and my uh, my tech sergeant and I who actually that tech sergeant ended up being in my wedding um, we um, yeah we cleaned it up and got it done so. But uh, so much of that 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 medal is a credit to to him as well. Well, thank you for sharing, and thank you for your service. At the same time, I was totally self-centered and focused on myself, and not focused at all. Of like, my response to that was like, "Oh no, mom, do you think that I've got to go do service now because we're entering into war due to 9-11? Was not like go immediately go to register to to be able to serve uh, in that way. So that's that's wildly inspiring. And, and thank you for sharing and being able to be at such a mature headspace at that point in your life to be able to go and do that. Yeah. Well, I I, will, I wouldn't exactly say I was mature at that stage in my life. Um, I was a, a pretty broken down individual on on, on a lot of levels, but. Um, as I said, my faith in Jesus at the beginning of this this episode, um, that's kind of where things began for me and God at that, well, at least my awareness of what was happening. Um, my dad was my pastor growing up, and um, hmm. he was also a captain in the Air Force in Vietnam. So there was a lot of, um, a lot of influence there from him as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm your uh, brother from the Catholic faith, so I don't know a lot of these little terms that people have been throwing around as I've you know, been interviewing Christians from all sorts of different walks. And, and it doesn't just have to be Christians for the Leading Virtuously podcast, but, but I think when a lot of people see the virtue tagline, I think maybe that just resonates better with them. And so that's why we've had better, um, we've had more registrations coming from people that uh, identify as Christians. And so, you know, just one of the, one of the people is also a PK 
our preacher's kid. And so, you know, just kind of learning that term. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just also kind of curious as it relates to your own faith walk. So was that something that you have been walking with Jesus your whole life? Or was that something that you maybe picked up some steam while in the military? Or what did you mean by that comment that you just made? Yeah, if you know the, the story of the prodigal son, um, I think a lot of people have <laughs> probably relate to that son that, you know, like I said, I grew up in church. My dad's my pastor, and I, I pretty much, uh, like the prodigal son, I just squandered my my spiritual inheritance and just decided I was going to do my own thing and just live pretty recklessly and gotten a lot of some trouble with the law, which by the grace of God, the Air Force was willing to overlook at that time because there was such a, a great need for officers to to come in with the, all the uncertainty about what was happening and um, with with the military engagements that were on the horizon and, and happening even at that time. Um, that that was when I woke up. Uh, on that on that morning, and my roommate told told me what had happened, and then I looked at the TV. Something just really shifted in me, and it, there was like a an awakening of some sense of purpose in my life. Like I've I've got to I've got to do something with my life because um, I just really had nothing going for me at that time, and. Um, and God really used that that decision to join the Air Force to really restore and, and to develop me as a as a man and um, and as a, as a Christian. And so I'm just so grateful that I had that opportunity, despite the tragic circumstances that that uh, precipitated that in my life. Well, thank you for. Um, also being vulnerable enough to be able to share to share that too, and and I'm happy that you had that awakening and are able to inspire the people that you're inspiring now with the work that you're doing as well in media and publishing. But what I also think is so interesting because I also um, really hit to the bottom of the pit hard, like it sounds like your story was too. And then it's just like the empathy that comes when you have to struggle through that. That um, just like people that, you know, maybe just, you know, maybe they like stay stale, but never like go like, okay, I'm coming up with the faith walk. <laughs> just like, you know, nosedive. Like in that particular type of story, you just can meet people at such a deeper level than people that have never really been able to feel that amount of like suffering and pain uh, to, to be able to experience and, and meet with people in those moments. Uh, as you're, you know, talking to them and, and, and witnessing about your walk with Jesus, right? Yeah, the the empathy is is huge. Um, I think that's how, despite Jesus was completely sinless. I mean, he um, he just loved people and and he listened to them and he, he found out what they wanted in in life and um, and he didn't just um, I mean, he was he was willing to meet their physical needs first before addressing their deeper spiritual needs. Um, in fact, I wrote a whole book on marketing like Jesus uh, and and how 
it's not a particularly a theological book, but I just I noticed what an amazing, as we all know, influencer Jesus was and, and is for, for those of us who know him now. Um, I wanted to look at the Gospels and see what are the marketing practices and, and strategies that Jesus seemed to be using in his ministry that we could take and apply in the product services causes that we're marketing in our um, in our vocations presently, and um, and so was able to identify about twenty six of those in the in the gospels. So I want to dive into some of that too. So if you give us some some tidbits on that, but. Usually, like at this point, I would be asking our guests, where does business and virtue intersect for us? But as long as you kind of like brought us down to kind of like where you were before you started the upward trajectory, can you speak to a little bit about some of the vices that you had to overcome, which is usually my follow up question to like, okay, now you've communicated how you're you know, starting to lead virtuously and doing all this great work. But and then after that question, usually the follow-up is like, all right, well, what was some of the things that you had to overcome of yourself so that Jesus could be more present in the way that you lead? And uh, so as long as we're there, I was just thinking that maybe we could talk about that first, and then we can dive into the second question, which would be then you maybe speaking to about what you found as, as some of those uh, key learnings from the way that Jesus was marketing. Yeah, yeah. Um Regarding the vices, I think what it all, all boiled down to was just a lot of insecurity, um, just a very deep, deep level of of insecurity of not really fit feeling. And and I think there's uh, um, there's kind of a two sides to the coin where there is a deep human need to want to matter in life, which I think is part of what prompted me to go down to the the ROTC department on 9-11. Um, but there's a, there, there's a more insidious aspect of that where we feel like we have to prove ourselves and, and that we are, um, that we have to prove ourselves to the world, that we have to you know, build up our, our our resume and our bios so that we can feel validated, and and so it's not like the Bible teaches to let another praise you, like let another, um, and yeah, a good name is worth more than gold. It's, it says that too, uh, but but I think what we have a lot of nowadays and what was going on really with me at that time was. Um, let me let me prove how good I am, and whatever and whatever the the um, the measuring stick for that is, which differs. You know, when you're in high school, it, for me in high school, around a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of athletes and wrestlers fighting and drinking, and you know who like it, it never occurred to us that maybe. Um, one beer is is okay. Well, it's not okay if you're underage, but maybe you don't need to drink a whole twelve pack. You know, <laughs> like it just never really, I think, occurred to a lot of us at that time. Um, and and just having to like constantly feel like we have to prove ourselves. I think 
it may appear a little more mature the, the older we get, but still, if we don't deal with that um, that insecurity and really find our our identity um, in our Creator, who's the one that that ultimately made us and knows why He made us, then we're just going to be continuously going in that in that rat race, uh, just trying to in whatever sphere of peers we're in, constantly trying to prove ourselves. And um, social media, of course, is LinkedIn is, is for, for guys like us, you know, that's where, you, you know, you can go on at, on LinkedIn, look through the feed and, and it's like, um, it, it kind of become, you can start to, f- you know what I'm talking about, where you're like, am I doing enough? Do I matter enough? Am I successful enough? Um, on Instagram, their Facebook, like they're all different. Um, I think maybe Facebook is more like, how successful are you with your family? Like that you're that you're traveling, that you're um, doing upgrades to the house or this and that. And on LinkedIn, it's who's getting the promotion and who's getting the um, the new contracts and it's I think every platform is celebrating something different but um, but the the issue has to be settled on a daily basis uh, with do we actually matter and and, and it, it really starts with discovering our our creator and what, I was just listening to an interview with with Elon Musk, you know, just talking about, and they were like, why, why are you doing this? Like, why are you, why is it so important to you to go find out what's, you know, beyond the stars and Mars and everything? And he said, well, basically um, it's to find out what the meaning of life is. So it's like this self-looking ice cream cone. The more you want to, push the, and I'm, I'm all for innovation and, you know, pushing the limits and everything, but we should really start with that question of, of why, um, what is this about? And, um, so that's kind of a long answer to a question that I forgot what it was, (laughs) which, yeah, sorry. I gave you like a, a five minute rant to give you the question in the first place. But the question was, what vices do you have to overcome in order to obtain virtuous leadership? So I think you nailed it. of just saying that it was, it was really all about you and just trying to validate your own self to all the things that you could accomplish. And uh, yes, I, I think, that resonates incredibly well with my own story. And then as you were talking about Elon Musk, the other thing that came to mind was there's this interview with Tom Brady. I forget what outlet it's on, but he had already won a couple Super Bowls. And then the interviewer is like, so what's next for you, Tom? And he's like, he's like I don't know. He's like, I guess I'll just win more. <laughs> like, like, like I, I don't know what else I could do. Like, are you happy? And he's just basically like, no. Like, I guess... And how are you going to find happiness? He's like, I don't know. I guess I'll just have to keep winning Super Bowls. <laughs> and it's like, I was just like, oh man, like it's just like for you know, obviously for us having been able to walk with Jesus and just fall in love in that way and find our purpose and find that relationship with our Creator and recognizing that life is really about loving Him, knowing Him, and serving Him, and that's where you really find fulfillment. 
And when you hear stuff like that, your heart almost breaks. It's like, oh, like I wish there was like you just start to pray, like, Lord, send some Christian to witness to him because like being able to just present the gospel is just such a such an easy thing there. Um yeah. so so yeah. And the other thing that came to mind that I wanted to share with you is my patron saint is uh Francis of Assisi or Saint Francis. And his, it's so, it's so like Darren, I don't know if you've read anything about him, but you should like, it's crazy. The, the commonalities of your, what you had just communicated of like, I need to matter and I need to like validate myself in the world. That was like, and then basically then go register for military. That was exactly the same thing that uh, Francis had done as well. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, So, so now let's segment into diving into virtue and leadership and, you know, maybe some of those, I don't, I don't know if you're going to, like, I guess I'm, I'm answering the question for you yourself, so I'm not going to do that. Let me take a step back. So the question is, where does virtue and leadership intersect for you? Yeah, well, um, when I think about leadership, I see it really more as a byproduct of good management. And I know there's this big dichotomy between, you know, don't be a manager, be a leader. You know, people don't want to follow managers. They want to follow leaders. And, I, and I, I get all of that. But for me, God is, is the leader and I'm following him. And, and everything that I'm trying to do is be a good steward, a good manager of what he's given me to do, whether it's decisions he's entrusted me to make or resources that he's entrusted to me. And so I, that's, that's kind of my prevailing worldview when it comes to management and leadership and how I think of myself and what I'm, I'm supposed to be a manager. Now, do people follow me as a result of my management? I think that makes me a leader insofar as people are, are willing to do that. And they do to some extent. Um, and, and so, and I think with that, the virtuous aspect of, of management, I know you asked about leadership, but in, in practice, it comes down to management, leadership comes down to management for me. Um, it's, um, the Bible says that, that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And, and so of course the cornerstone is the first block laid in a, on a building. And if that one is not in, in every other, every other brick comes into alignment with that, with that cornerstone. And, and so it begs a question for me of what does that mean? How is Jesus the cornerstone of my marketing and my HR practices and my accounting and all of the different facets of of my business is how was and for that I look to what are the what are the biblical principles um, and in prayer what is God saying to me about how to um, how to proceed like the why and the how of marketing and the why and the how of HR and accounting and all the other facets of it so that's um that's kind of it in a nutshell for me mm. yeah boom nailed it <laughs> <laughs> and because 
you know, it's and I think it's interesting too because you know there are people of different spiritualities that come on the show, but and I think that one of the benefits that Christians have with that is like, and, and maybe you know, there's you know, if you would look at other religions, they have prayer, and so there's that meditation, discernment, etc., that goes along with that. But just I guess the way that you kind of answer that and the way that I kind of think about um, through like management and leadership, it's each individual decision that you're making and just being able to have that opportunity to pray through it and think about like, all right, I don't know if I have the answer right now. Let me get back to you after I talk to the cornerstone, you know, and uh, being able to like set yourself on the right pathway. And I'm just curious if you can maybe give some examples of, you know, one of my questions is also about like, what virtue are you presently working on? But I think, I guess I wanted to phrase this a little bit differently about like, can you maybe think of some examples where maybe Darren was going down the wrong road in management and then being able to kind of like, you know, you know, get in prayer the right direction that you needed to head as it related to some business decisions that you needed to make. Yeah. Well, um, even just yesterday or maybe it was the day before, um, I was, I was looking at our pricing for some of our services and there, there was one in particular and you know, the, you know how we like to, we don't want to call it, um, $1,400. We want to call it $1,399, mm-hmm. $1,397. And so, I found myself on in in the sales calls talking with with prospective clients and telling them this this price and I would just say it's it's about fourteen hundred dollars that's what it is but for some reason on the website it says um, thirteen ninety seven and the the Bible says in Proverbs. A false weight is an abomination to the Lord, um, which suffice it to say basically means don't try to hide stuff. Like don't try to be tricky and because uh, it's actually an abomination to our creator. And and it, it just hit me like it's it's not worth it. Let me just call it $1,400 because I'll sleep better at night and I won't feel like I'm trying to like trick somebody or, and I understand there's arguments to be made for, well, you want to incentivize people to help them do what's best for them by, well, I think you can do that without trying to be tricky. And so I just across the board for this, this particular service just made it a flat, we're going to advertise it as a flat $1,400. So that's just one example of how I I really try to lean into what I sense God is saying and what the 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 scriptural principles of business that are running throughout the Bible and and then pray on um, pray about how what does that look like in because if you just say, oh, the Bible says an abomination or false weight is a, an abomination to the Lord. Well, that's a reference to scales that were being used back in the ancient Near East, where if you were rich and you're you're going to sell like a, a certain amount of 
of spice or, or precious metal or something like that, um, you've got you've got the scale and you know if it's if it's truly calibrated ethically. Like you you know if it's if it's going to be to your advantage or not. But the poor people that you're selling to that don't have their own scales to verify, um, that's why it's called a false weight. And so while I'm not actually using weights, uh, a, a system of weights in that, in that scenario, it's kind of, the principle is obvious. Don't, don't try to trick people in your marketing. Well, as long as we're headed down that road, so thank you for that. And as long as we're headed down that road, can you maybe tell us a little bit? I'm just also curious I've I've watched your your podcast episode on the book, the marketing like Jesus. I have not read the book thus far. Can you maybe give us some more uh, some of those things that were also a little bit eye opening to you as you started to do that research and write the book about the way that Jesus was marketing? Yeah, one of them. One of the strategies that I really liked, and when we think about Jesus and how. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, and Jesus's vision was to go make disciples of all nations. So he had this massive vision, but for his limited time on earth, he said, I have come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, and so he was basically saying, my, my personal mission is not to go get on a boat and you know, go explore uncharted territory and share the share the gospel. But my the boat that I'm going to get, I'm going to go around the Sea of Galilee. I'm going to go to this very small ethnic group of the the people of the house of Israel, the Jewish people, and but they were the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So there were people that, on, that were on the fringes of the the society. Um, so like the blue collar workers, uh, that's why he's got fishermen on his core team. That's why really Jesus himself was a blue collar worker. Um, that's, that's how he was raised. And those were the people. And so he uses these familiar kind of, um, illustrations to, to share his message called Parables and about a third of it. This is really another strategy in how Jesus told stories. He didn't just share facts and figures, which is what we often like to do in our when we're trying to sell something. But he told a story of a life changed, like the the story of the prodigal son, because he was trying to illustrate the love of the of the father. Um, he told the story of this this young guy that had just thrown it all away, left his father's house, came back empty-handed, and his father ran to him. Um, that's that's a whole lot more effective than just spouting off facts and features about what it is that, that you're offering. So I would say having a target group is one, and using stories to share your, to share your message is another. And really, if you can... Um, distill your your overall company's message down into a story, which is why I like to tell the story about how the name Highbridge came about for my company when I was um, walking down the street and 
I really sense God saying to me that this company is going to be like an aqueduct, like that high bridge to bring life-giving ideas to the to the masses. And that's um, I think that's more powerful. Well, I absolutely love it. So, so thank you for sharing that with us. And um, I think that there's been a lot of that life-giving knowledge and wisdom that you've shared with our audience today. Pre-roll, we talked about the fact that, you know, sometimes depending upon the person's walk, I'll usually ask for prayer before podcast episodes, but I've never had the courage to be able to do it within the podcast itself. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask you, Darren, if you wouldn't mind uh, leading us out in prayer. And if you, you know, in the same way, I'm going to steal this concept from you, Darren, of being able to pray for us uh, in the same way that you do it, where it's like, you know, that person's subject matter expert to be able to share that with the audience. So can you do the same for our audience, Darren? Yes. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this show. Thank you for Chris. Thank you for his um, his heart to help people lead virtuously. And God, we um, you're the leader, and and we ask you to show us how how to lead, how to manage, and to do it in a way that is uh, that is honoring to you, that's good for people, and that you would root out those deep insecurities. That we have that um, that get us to just chase after selfish ambition and things that will never ever satisfy, um, but that we would find our identity in you and and go to you for the why and the how of of leadership, of management, of marketing, of everything else that we're doing in our in our organizations, and pray your blessing over every listener that you would. Um, just show them, uh, show them uh, what the next step is for them in their leadership. And thank you again for this opportunity to be on this wonderful show with this amazing person, Chris. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat> Darren, while you were sharing, well, the other thing that I told you that I haven't like specifically done thus far has been prophesying on the show. So I'm going to dig deep and, and accomplish two of those goals today. So as you were just praying for our listeners, Darren, uh, the image that I was getting was one of those old school mixtapes, like before CDs that people were just like, oh, you know, like making people's mixtapes. And, and, you know, basically in order to do that, really like recording stuff off of the radio of their favorite songs to be able to have. And uh, I feel like the reason why the Lord was sharing that image with me is because like that is what, that's the way that he sees your work there. Like you, all the books that you're publishing and all the media and all the, everything that you're cranking out, like the way that Jesus sees that is like, like that is his mixtape. Like he, you're just, you're just like wanting his just, uh, just absolutely like just loving what you're sharing with people. And then also in the same way, I was kind of sensing that, uh, it's also like some of the books that you've been publishing and all that can also be people's mixtapes that like, this is just what they love. And this is something that they just like, so hold so near and dear to them. So thank you for the work that you're doing and just curious to too how that resonates with you. Yeah, well, well, it's 
deeply encouraging um, just to, to think of my life. And, and I think other serial entrepreneurs can kind of relate to feeling like, well, I'm doing so many different things, but, um, but I, I don't, you don't always know what that one thing is. Like, what does this all boil down to? And I, I do feel like God has given me a clear sense of what that, what that one thing is, which is to really encourage marketplace Christians to, um, to make Jesus the cornerstone of what they're of what they're doing in the in the business world, and um, but just the the thought of that being a, a mixtape and all the different things that I've been doing it's it's um, encouraging. So thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. Well, thank you again for being with us today. And uh, Darren, please answer our last our very last question, which is how can people get a hold of the work that you're doing. Yeah, if you want to get a hold of more teaching about how to discover and apply God's will for business, go to theologyofbusiness.com. And if you're interested in publishing a book or an audio book or uh, publishing your ideas in another format, go to highbridgebooks.com and um, reach out to me there. Wonderful. And we'll also share all of these links with our listeners uh, in in the show description as well, but couldn't uh, thank you enough for being on the podcast today and sharing all this wisdom with our listeners. Really enjoy getting to know you better as well and look forward to uh, continuing our relationship as well, Dan. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks again. Yep. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. (laughs) Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.